0: Welcome back to Are You For Real with Sarah Frick. Today I am sitting down with a long lost friend, many of you know in town, Kelly Jean Moore. What's up? The beautiful Kelly Jean Moore, yoga teacher, Rolf extraordinaire, all the things, mama. Um, and Kelly and I just wanted to come on here together and kind of shoot the shit and talk about Rolfing and just yeah. talk about all things yoga in Charleston because I think her and I both started teaching about the same time, like 18 years ago-ish?
1: Yeah, that's about right. Yeah. I think it's
0: 2003
1: or four for me. Okay. Somewhere in there. Um, I'm not sure if it's on the line of which side of that. I think
0: we're going to say same time. Same time. Okay. Same bad That time. works for us. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and I, okay, so I lived in Charlotte and I got divorced and I moved here and I was like teaching and running studios in Charlotte and I came. Down here, and at the time, any of you that are listening that remember these, the old school eco-fitness, which Mm -hmm. was the jam at the time, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and they had blue turtle yoga. And it was two separate entrances, which was a big deal because it was like
1: a gym, but the yoga studio was a yoga studio. Yeah.
0: Downtown. It was really big, downtown. Downtown. On Wentworth. Yep. And Mm -hmm. I worked the front desk, and then I- Did you? Yes. I I would, literally, I worked, I'd have to be there at 4.45 in the morning to open up the Mount Pleasant, like- Turn the lights on, turn the music on, do everything. I mean, I did
1: that stuff too, but for some reason in my mind, you never did any of that. Okay.
0: I, everyone pay attention. <laughs> this shit doesn't just happen overnight, folks, okay? So any of you youngins out there, like, I'm ready. Like, start working somewhere at 4.45 in the morning. It sucks. Yeah. yeah. And um, get the treadmills going. Oh, yeah. Wipe down the equipment. Fold the fucking towels, you know. Right. And I remember I, I auditioned. The f- like, I auditioned right away when I got here. So, and Beth who was my old business partner, was the director, I think at the time, because I think you were the director, and then you stopped being the director, and then you went back to being the director. The timeline of that is so
1: hazy in my mind, um, <laughs> because there was a f- many transitions in that space, yes. so I don't know. But
0: I think she was at the time, because she set up my audition, but I think you were in my audition. I think it was you, Ashley, Stacey, Abatista, uh huh, and Beth. I really think you were there. But I maybe you were, was, but I don't remember. But I, I'll tell you what I do remember. Okay, here is what
1: I remember: the first time I saw you, you were like, "Damn, Damn she's my, fine. She's fine." <laughs> she was, you know, this tall, statuesque woman with this mane of dark hair, which you still are. You're all those. You're still this, and you had this fabulous, big ass scarf on, <laughs> and uh, but you drove a really big, big fucking truck.
0: Yeah, I did. That's why and, John fell um, in love with me,
1: <laughs> and uh, and I was like, I'm so I'm confused <laughs> and fascinated. <laughs> Okay. Like, yes. I don't know. Yeah. That was, it was just, you were just such a, um, an enigma ca- a character. Like <laughs> just, there was just so much identity walking in the room. I was like,
0: Lord, I don't know. I needed that truck. Cause I had to put so much in furniture. the furniture.
1: You had to do, didn't you have a furniture thing going
0: on for you? I, I did. Yep. I used to go to like flea markets and buy furniture right. and then try to do stuff with them, but wasn't very good at it. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like how the, how the, um. The jean short business went a few during the pandemic. I decided I was going to paint jean shorts. People oh. bought them, and that was recent. The, oh, mm-hmm. and I, um, I'm laughing with you. No, 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 it's okay, Erica. So Erica, who uh, was doing the tie dyeing, and she's still doing it. She's her shirt's awesome. Yeah, but I was like, oh, I'm going to do this with you. Like I'm sure she was like, please don't. Does she do the cool jackets? Yes. The, okay. She does so, really cool stuff. But okay. I was like putting like I. I needed to do something with myself. Yes. <laughs> so I decided I was going to do shorts. I was going to paint shorts. I was going to put patches on them. You're a creative engine and yeah. you have to explore all of it. That's okay. Yeah. Pain- it I do not pa- all have Painting's to... not my thing. That's okay. I wish it was, but it's not. It felt so good though. I remember going up and we set up in my like upstairs room and it would just, it was like an escape. You
1: know that, um, I can't remember where I read this, it's really famous, so I didn't come up with this myself, but there, somewhere I read, they said, if you go into a room of five-year-olds and you say, raise your hand if you're an artist, they all raise their hands. Mm. And as we get older and older and older, you know, the hands start going down.
0: Yeah, so, totally.
1: Just because you're not able to make a living at it doesn't mean that you aren't meant to push paint around. I like and find that. joy in it.
0: I do find joy in it. Yeah. I'm going to start painting things again. Painting. <laughs> Here we go. I'll send it to you. <laughs> I would love that. Um, okay. So Kelly and I started our relationship at Eco Blue Turtle. Mm-hmm. And then I think from there, I went to open CP, Charleston Power Yoga. Mm-hmm. And you stayed at Blue Turtle for, for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but before we get into all that, like for people that aren't listening, let's tell us a little bit about yourself, Kelly Jean.
1: Um, I hail from the upstate of South Cackalacky, mm-hmm. mm-hmm, which people don't assume because I speak NAS <laughs> and I usually don't have a thick accent except when I'm pretending. Um, but I did at one time. Do you when you're drinking? Not really. It's really lo- long gone because I got into theater mm-hmm. really in middle school, like voice lessons and chorus and all that stuff. So yeah. I was in the performing arts for a long time and you know, you need a, a mid-Atlantic accent that's what we used to call it i don't even think that's what it's called anymore but it was called mid-atlantic which was a sound that was really i'm sort of doing it it was a sound that was really specific to that funny old movie star accent like 1940s like if you listen to um betty davis and all about eve Mm -hmm. or some of those really beautiful classic black and whites that you can't put your finger on where the heck they're supposed to be from but it's very specific and so we have some other version of that now but it's similar it's from that sound um Anyways, drowned that out years ago, that accent. But but I grew up there, and um, my brother and my sister, were we were all adopted separately. And so my brother was raised in Boston, and my sister was raised in New Orleans. So I spent time in both those places as well. So I had a, had a funny kind of influence there on me to be exposed to different things in different places. And then I was a theater major in college, uh, dropped out of college to pursue my acting career, got no further than New Orleans, partied for a few years, made... <laughs> amazingly bad choices that I'm hoping to tell, do a tell all about in this book. I keep saying I'm going to write for like well, the can last years. you tell years.
0: us a few or one? <clears throat> no, not really. I got <laughs> to
1: keep that close to my chest. I mean, look, sex, drugs, and rock and roll, yeah. but like, thank God social media didn't exist because I'm a hundred percent sure that no one would have listened to me in the last 20 years of my career in the wellness world had they seen what I had been doing
0: when I was 21. I don't know about that. I just have to tell you that because I think I wrote a very similar path. And I think that's, I'm, I'm a big believer in like reciprocity. And like, that's part of your story.
1: It is. I want to own it. You know what I mean? I want to tell it, it like where all the context is Yeah, totally. Is I get it. Because um, it's fairly juicy. Uh, but I did party my ass off and um, not feel great. And, uh, and that's when I got into yoga when I was like barely in my 20s. In New Orleans. A little bit in New Orleans. But then I came to Charleston and, and I went from taking my first yoga class to teaching my first yoga class in a very short period of time through an internship that I got invited to. It was sort of shocking the way it all went down and funny and it doesn't really happen like that anymore. Mm -hmm. So I feel very lucky that the timing was the way it was. And so, well, I don't even know if I feel lucky. It just feels all very fortuitous. You know, Mm -hmm. I ended up teaching very quickly. Um, and I have a background originally in power yoga, ashtanga and hot yoga. So where did you train? At Blue
0: Turtle okay. in the back
1: office with Dave Fox, he handed me a copy of Journey into Power and made me memorize a sequence. Yeah, and that was at first, and it really didn't even count as a two hundred hour. Yeah, and then two years in, I assisted the Ashtanga training program with Kathy Morse. There's a f- kind of a long story there too, and some conflict. Um, that's really for another day, I think, or an, a funny story maybe you and I and over a glass of wine okay. or three. <laughs> um, but that got that certification officially from Kathy and from Blue Turtle. Like I basically did everything there. And then I went to Kripalu Yep. and did a whole lot of continuing ed there. Um, and then I ended up studying in with Sarah Powers and then going to school to be a rolfer. And of course there's many, many like weekend workshops but I and week long like, trainings and things, but over the years,
0: but kind of like to your point or not to your point, but like what you're talking about is I think, I think about this a lot because, and I'm not trying to like, talk shit about yoga lines or anything like that, because the practice is like a lineage. It is passed down, right? Like I started, I, mine was a vinyasa and then I, you know, trained with Shiva Ray and then I did a mm-hmm. bunch of power and this and that. And it all, you kind of like you piece it all together. And it's like, it all has to me, it, it all has value. You know, I don't think it's like, well, my first, you know, like it's like, you're like, well, it wasn't even a real 200, but you like learned so much.
1: I actually did. There were only two of us in the room and a teacher for four months straight. Yeah. And, um, you know that compared to going to Costa Rica for like one week yep. to get a two hundred hour certification, where like you can't absorb
0: absolutely it, absolutely blows my mind. Blows my mind. Um, so terrifies me. Yeah. I mean, not. I am kind of like negating what I said before, but it's like there has to like an immersion.
1: Yeah, there needs there just needs to be time to digest and integrate the information, and I think that that's just a better way to learn it. But that said, people learn in all kinds of ways, and um, and it's an ongoing never-ending process yep. of unfolding and exploration as a teacher, as a student, all of the above. So, you know, people are always surprised when they hear that I taught Ashtanga because the way that I teach and practice is so, so far removed, but absolutely it informed, it. Abs- there are pieces from every single thing I've ever learned mm-hmm. that have held. And there are parts that I did get in trouble, like every system I've ever taught, I basically got in trouble in that system because I was Not constantly- you. Bucking it? Yeah, just being like, can we, can we, wait, can we just talk about this one thing? Can we just slow down? Can we just change this pose? Can we just, it just really needs a little more. Can you, don't do it that way. Try it this way. Here, have a prop. Yeah. I'm like, pretty soon I realized that I just didn't belong in those
0: systems anymore. Right. I mean, and I think what a lot of people don't recognize that are kind of coming into these more, like, I mean, modern rooms, like, you know, what we've done with the works and everything is like so much of it. Everything is kind of based off primary series, mm-hmm. like the yoga that people know now. Yeah. Or the physical yoga is vinyasa like... Vinyasa. Yeah, for sure. Has that little, little warm up and then
1: sun salutations and then standing poses and then balancing poses mm-hmm. and then get on the floor. I mean, that's all that's all primary series stuff. And then it's power yoga series is the next thing. I mean, power yoga comes from mm-hmm. primary series mm-hmm. basically too. Um, so it's all vinyasa. But you know, the, the guy, Krishnamacharya, who founded who taught Patabi Joyce, who's the reason we have Ashtanga. After he taught him and Iyengar, he ended up with his son Desi. um, um, Yeah, is it Desi? Desi Kachar? Desi Kachar. He ended up formulating Vinny Yoga, which is slow micro-movement therapeutic yoga. And that's what they taught for the rest of their lives. Mm -hmm. So he's the guy who founded all this stuff, and he moved on to something completely different, and nobody knows about that stuff. Right. The other other one was really, like really captured the spirit of the Western psyche, really worked to bend the will of the Western practitioner in a way, because we are just such buttholes, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Like we need to have our butts kicked so often to be willing to stop and feel things. Right. So it was a brilliant, it it was a brilliant way in. Yeah. It's still a brilliant way in.
0: It has its limitations as anything we do repetitively does. Right. So... All right, so let's talk a little bit about the method that you, that you teach, because it's your own method. Oh, yeah. Okay, so that, like, that was like, a, I was kind of explaining too
1: long. I ended up teaching for a really long time. I ran a studio. Eventually, I went to school to become a rolfer, which is a, almost like a physical therapy I want to go back thing. to you
0: running a studio, but we're not going to go there right this second. Okay, yeah. well, that, I'm thinking blue
1: turtle, and okay. then, and then oh, okay, rolfing, okay, okay. and then I came back from my rolfing school thinking I was done teaching yoga for a while. And that's when I ran one more teacher training at Blue Turtle and I had these two folks come over to me from the training and say, "What? what you know, how would you, how would you build your own studio? And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I would do this, this, and this. This is how I would do it. Yes. And they were like, okay, what if we gave you the money? And I was like- What does that,
0: like, what does that feel like? And I'm not saying that in like a dick way. Like, I'm saying that in like, no one has ever said to me, hey, Sarah- We believe in you so much. Here's some money. Well, except for like my, maybe like my dad. (laughs) Okay. So this
1: is it. I can honestly say I took out no loans to open mission yoga. I owe no money now that it's closed. Right. Because these two people were investors and I didn't ask them, they offered it. But, but here's the thing. I spent all those years in that first yoga studio thinking about what I would do in my own space and how, what I would name it, and what it would look like, and what would be important to me. But I always said to myself, I don't like running things. I have all these ideas, but I don't really like the like, boots on the ground aspect of running it. I don't like the minutia. I get very overwhelmed. Yep. Um, I'm just more of a creative. Same. I don't have that capacity to be, sit still and do all the stuff. Um, and, and I never th- thought I would have like, the money or the credit or the whatever or the backing. So I just said, I would have a studio if the money showed up, I had creative control and I could pay someone else to do the administrative work. Yep. And that all happened. So that's, so I said, yes, I was like, Ooh, I thought it was going to just be a rolfer, but these things, these, all these parameters I laid out for that I thought would never happen. Just happened.
0: Yeah. So I've been a
1: really lucky person. Do you think that it's luck though? I think it's a combination of, well, there's definitely some luck involved. I mean, maybe everything happens for a reason, but I tend to, (laughs) I tend to err on the side of like everything just happens and we can grow through that regardless. But don't you, I mean, don't you think you've worked hard for a lot of it? I have always worked hard at everything I've ever done. and been very passionate and very dedicated. I just didn't expect a
0: particular outcome. Even when you were working towards something? Yeah. You're just like working. Well, you know, fundamentally I'm a Taoist.
1: So it's like, you don't push the river. I'm not going to fight for anything. Will I show up day in and day out and teach because I love to teach? Yes. Got it. But am I going to push to make it a particular way if it's not going that way? No. Yeah.
0: You know? I'm a pusher.
1: See, I, and see, I'm just not. I'd be a great drug dealer. If it, <laughs> <laughs> if things, I wait for things to show up. And then when they do, if it aligns, I say yes. Yeah. But in the meantime, I'm doing my work. Right. I'm always doing my work. Yes. you are, Since I've known you, you've always... <laughs> been working hard very hard right maybe uh, the last year and a half after mission closed so then that was the other piece after rolfing then the studio and then you know we the studio closed last
0: how year. long okay so how long was mission open eight years yeah it's a long run man
1: yeah it was still pretty good for a for a boutique yoga yeah, studio in a, it. in a big market you know in a downtown space with like ridiculous amount of square footage that was non-monetizable like that space was beautiful everyone who went there loved it but the room was tiny yeah you couldn't fit a lot of practitioners, but then we had all this extra like lobbies, all this unnecessary square footage that we had to pay yeah. through the nose
0: for. Totally. I get it. You know? Yeah. I yeah. get it. Um, so you're, let's, let's talk about mission a little bit for people that don't know like what the studio was like, what the offering was. And I think like we can kind of almost talk about it like in relation because when I was at CPY, it mm-hmm. was like there, there was already power yoga being offered there. And you guys off brought something different. Do you remember when I called you and I said I might be
1: opening a studio and it is downtown? And how do you feel about that? And you said, "Are you going to do what we're going to do? Are you doing what we're doing? Is it going to be like hot power?" And I was like, "Nope, not at all." Yeah. And you were like, "Great." I don't remember that, but you—I d- so did. Glad. I like—I like, I like <laughs> was so nervous to tell you to because I didn't want to.
0: Yeah, but I, but you know, like, well, and especially of course, like the older I get, too, I realize that it's. I always think like the more people doing something that makes them feel good, the better.
1: That's true. But there was a time when it was real scary for all of us. Oh, absolutely. I
0: feel like it's less so now. All of us look look around now. Are you kidding me? I mean, I think like, you know, I know Holy Cow was open. I think Jeeva Mukti was open. And then Beth, I think one of the first boutique studios downtown, I'm sure there was some other stuff that I'm missing was Charleston Power Yoga. Mm -hmm. And it was like, I mean, our rent was like nothing. It was like, what? Five dollars. You know, which is amazing. I'm sure what she's paying now is totally different, but it was so scary. I remember right before we opened that studio, John and I were in Spartanburg actually. And I was like laying in bed, we were up there for a wedding and I was like, who? And I think our drop-ins were maybe like $10. Yeah. I was like, who is going to pay $10 (laughs) for a class when you can get $10 for a whole gym membership, you know? Right. And I think like the whole culture of like boutique fitness started to evolve. And now it's like, every corner. I mean, just in where we're sitting right now, there's the works, the work cycle, F45 grit box. And then across the street, they're building this women's facility. Cool. I mean, it's wild. Yeah. And I don't know if like the world is getting more fit or people are getting more used to spending more money on fitness. But well, th- but
1: yes and no, because yoga is also like, if it's just yoga, if it's really just straight up yoga, everybody wants it for cheap because they can get it online, they can get it, at, they can get it at the farmer's market, they can get it wherever and they don't have a sense of like when it's good or when it's not or what it's worth to them right. or what it's for. So, you know, you guys have a system that is, that is different because it's boutique fitness that includes like people can get, you know, when people came to Mission, the issue was that if they really wanted to be fit- they weren't gonna get like, yep, I they get weren't it. gonna get super fit doing what we offered. Even the even the strong vinyasa practices just weren't gonna give them what they needed. And so I was always encouraging people, like, do this three days a week, and then you need to lift, you need to learn to do some deadlifts, you need mm-hmm. to learn to do other things, you need strength training, you need something else. But the minute you say, I want you to pay this much for this, and yep. I want you to value it, and then I want you to also have a gym membership. So you guys are smart in that you you're offering this multi- faceted experience you know that meets more needs Mm -hmm. for its price point Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but what I've found with the work that I learned to do at mission and the evolving of my style of yoga and all of that is that while it did not allow I mean we hung in there we did well Mm -hmm. we didn't do poorly yeah Uh, but now what makes the most sense and what people are willing to pay top dollar for is the specialty work that I do one-on-one or in large workshops or in events or in trainings. Um, whereas when it was like your drop in yoga format, they weren't as interested in it, but they want to, they want to come and do deep dives with it. They right. want it as a specialty. Well,
0: I have some friends who'd recently did your training at community yoga. Mm-hmm. They, was it yin? The yin uh-huh. Yeah. And they were like, oh my gosh, like absolutely amazing. Oh, that's good. No, they like totally. And they practice here and they love the the big push. But like what you're saying, like they went and they were like, I just I think, you know, I respect what you do so much because you do have this amazing knowledge of the anatomy of the body which is I'm like lift your arm turn your finger you know no. turn your toes I mean <laughs> I after watching can... bodies for so long I can kind I was going to say you work, got a skill I got we can work our way through it but <laughs> you know it is interesting because you understand the body on such a deeper level than just like what you see on the outside yeah and you know I think there's when you came and taught the class for our teacher trainees like it's just like wow it's really amazing It really is. No, you're, you are, are. you're special and I'm very picky. Um, And I think it's kind of cool because it's like, I would, I could never teach like you and I don't think you'd ever want to teach like I teach, you know? I don't think I, I don't have it in me. (sighs) I just, Takes a lot of caffeine. That's it. I can't,
1: even when I did the big, the big, you know, flow classes um, and the power yoga classes, like I was everything I could to push people. I just wanted to be like, can you just, can you just hold on a second? Yeah. (laughs) Can you just, wait, 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 wait. What did you can you are you are you in this heel? Yeah. Are you in this heel? you know right. like I just can't I like so are you a details person? In a, yes and no. It's not a mathematical kind of detail. It's more um somatic experiencing like like I can't exclude my sense of a person's nervous system when I watch their body. Yeah. Particularly probably because my nervous system is such that it mirrors other people's mm-hmm. and I can't hang like when people are wound up, I get wound up in a way that feels not good. Right. In a way that feels unmoored yeah. for myself. Yeah. I don't know if that's like, you know, a trauma response from my childhood, you know, being the child of an alcoholic and always being hyper aware of my surroundings and hyper attuned to the other people and and pleasing and codependency. I mean, there's a lot of shit that goes into um, being an empath. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I would never call myself that, by the way. I'm just, you know, those, that's the language of our community to say that if you describe it that way, when you're like taking on everybody else's stuff. And I would say it's kind of just shitty boundaries and like child of an (laughs) alcoholic stuff in my case. I can I can agree with both of those things. Am <laughs> you know, I a magical unicorn? I have no idea. But I know that I just um just as you probably feel like this force moves through you mm-hmm. that calls you to do things a particular
0: way, mm-hmm. so do I. Yeah. They're just not exactly the same way. Yep. And I think I was thinking about this the other day. I actually just did an Instagram post about it. But like it's just been something that's been on my mind so much that as and maybe, and this could be a me thing, but maybe you can relate too. But like, you know, people are so diehard. They're like, I am a Kelly Jean follower. I love her. Tell all your friends. Do all of it. Do, 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 do. And then one day something happens. Like mm-hmm. you're human, right? And like maybe they were having a bad day or like something happened. And all of a sudden you never see them again. And then when you do see them again, they're like, hi. And right. Like, what, did I, some- what did I do? Like, please don't put me in this place where I'm going to fall. Because if right. you're looking for perfection, I am not your girl. No. And yeah, yeah. I think like what you said, like this force moves through you. And it's like, like we teach what we love and, and we try our best, but we're just human.
1: Oh, real human. Yeah. <laughs> You can't see if you. If there was a video element to this. You see how dumb my faces are
0: right now. Like really,
1: really. I know, and it's
0: it can be kind of stressful, honestly.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's it. It does put a lot of pressure on us, especially with the whole cult of personality. And you got you, you guys. You're not more than one person, but
0: <laughs> well, there's know, another there's a few personalities in here. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, but you and I both are in a similar situation in that we do have that draw, that like cult of personality and our businesses are built to some degree around us showing up and our identities is such a big, yeah. and it is a huge weight. Yep. And it is, um, there's a high of course, and there's an ego trip that's super fun that totally. I love, you know, like, yes, tell like me best drug in the world. Yeah. Tell me how much you love me. Great. Yep. I really need to hear that so much, but
0: also... Now I'm going to let you down. I know. And I think I was talking with Carter. Um, we were talking about this yesterday. And she's like, oh, here we go again. <laughs> so we were about to sign another lease. And we got like super far. Like my attorney approved. Like we were like far on it. And I was out of town. I was actually out of the country last week. And my sweet young broker, who's just a doll, like great guy, he, I get this text from him. He's like, the deal fell through. And we were on vacation. i have been drinking a little. And I was like, uh-uh. Like, I just, like, I was, like, I, of course, I went on this whole diatribe about, like, these men that own this building don't respect me as a woman. I mean, this poor guy, I'm, like, calling him from the Caribbean, and I'm, like, are you there? He's, like, hi. Um, but, you know, I got back, and I'm all, like, bumming. And Carter's, like, you, you, what's this, like, cycle? Like, she's, like, because, you you know, you're always trying to, like, create and do the next thing and do the next thing. And, like, I do have, a like, one of my biggest struggles is just, like, grounding my heels, And being in the moment of like being, of appreciating what we have right here. Just wait a
1: minute. Just wait a minute. I know.
0: Of course, like yesterday was my first day back to work since I've been back. And I already was like, when are you going to see other spaces? And he's, you know, it's just like, it's this whirlwind. And I have to remind myself, like, just chill for a minute. I don't know how I got there, but. That's kind of the thing. It's like being fed, fed, fed. And then mm-hmm. when the the feeding doesn't come, mm-hmm. you're like panting like a puppy, like licking your wounds like nobody loves you. Right.
1: <laughs> right. You know, I was really scared. You know, now um, I, I've been rolfing for about a decade in the, I had an office in the back room of the studio, but it was super part time. And now I'm full time. That's my primary income. And yes, I'm still jumping in on teacher training programs and assisting and, and things like that. Um, teaching lecture based stuff and, you know, but um, But now that I'm full-time doing that, it is strange because it's been a little over a year since I've like seen my community on a regular basis. And I was afraid, I'm not going to lie. I was afraid that I, well, someone close to me um, who I was in a relationship with, and it wasn't a very healthy relationship for a very long time, would tell me things that reinforce my worst fears about myself. Hmm. About how I depended on that feedback, that echo chamber of love and how I wouldn't be myself without them and how I used it. And I was really sure and afraid that I was going to fall apart without constant attaboys Mm -hmm. from my students. Mm -hmm. And it didn't happen. Mm -hmm. I feel very full. Yeah. I don't feel... I feel a loss in that I miss them because they're sort of like family. Totally. You know, and I and I loved that language of movement that we cultivated together. Um, and I and I miss their faces, you know, but but I don't feel at all less than. Yeah. People keep being like, oh Kelly, Kelly Jean, when are you gonna see? I even call myself Kelly. <laughs> Damn it. <sighs> KJ, when are you gonna start teaching again? And I'm like, I, I am teaching. Mm-hmm. You just have to come to a training you gotta you gotta pay me more right yeah (laughs) sorry and eventually there'll be more options for you as once I get this thing I'm doing now you know stabilized my full rolfing practice once it's like got a good flow to it maybe one more year of that then I'll then I'll branch out again I'm sure that the opportunities will arise that feel right and resonant to me Mm -hmm. but I'm not going to chase that and nickel and dime myself anymore I'm gloriously eldered I'm in my forties. You're a babe. I'm, I'm gorgeous. <laughs> you are gorgeous. And I want to <laughs> chill out yeah. and I want to teach when it's worth it to me. Um, and when it provides impact and pleasure for me, yeah. as well as my students. Yep. You know, I can't just like dig out from my guts for the rest of my life. Like here, have this really affordable, like soul from me. Just eat it here. Just keep taking it. So yep. in fact, I feel good. And I was shocked. I thought I really
0: was scared Yeah, that I wouldn't feel okay. Totally. I mean, I think people also don't recognize, and this isn't like a woe is me conversation. I love what I do. I know you love what you do and what you did, but like the toll it takes on our body too. So, and this is going to lead so us into much. the rolfing conversation. Yeah. But like, I mean, like right now I'm sitting here and I'm like, Oh my God, my fucking neck is killing me. I know I'm looking at you. Like, I like, I wanna in I want to get I want you to. I'm like, maybe you can touch me after this, <laughs> but like my neck is killing me. Like I'm you know, we constantly walk around barefoot, which isn't bad, but you're walking around on, or I'm walking on a really slippery floor. So I'm constantly gripping floors, oh, you mm-hmm. know, and like it's t- it's like a big expressive experience every time. And like sometimes I go home at the end of the day and I'm just want to like lay in my bed by myself. And John's like, why do you have to go hide? And I'm like, I have given so much so much like i just go in there and bleed and i'm not like giving myself a pat on the back this is what i signed up to do 100% and i that's the expectation yeah but it's like it's a lot listen there's a reason why actors make the money they make and it isn't just
1: because m- movies make a lot of money right it's because there is an exertion to that kind of out, emotional output and expression that connects with other humans and it is high but it t- has a cost that is high
0: yeah a different high no it's H- true H-I-G, You know, you know yeah it's like no it's true and-, and especially like the older I get the more I feel that like I used to be able to teach like 17 classes a week and now I think I teach six or seven six studio classes a week and maybe two privates you Yeah, know? and that's that's it that's like that's that. where
1: I was I was at like maybe six by the end I didn't want more than that
0: on my plate given all the other things I just can't bring anything I just yeah. don't have it like I don't I can't well I can't bullshit my way through it either right you know and I don't want to bring a bad product right So, um, but I, I really, I do want to spend some time talking about rolfing because I think so many people don't know what it is. Yeah. And let's talk, like, how did you get interested in it? Let's talk about the Institute, everything.
1: Yeah. So Rolf Institute, um, was, um, is in Boulder, Colorado. There's only one place in the country to become a certified rolfer. Now there's people that will use that term who've studied other forms of structural integration or other forms of, uh, they, so they're called SI, Practitioner Structural Integration. But it is it is a kind of bodywork and it was founded by this woman, Ida Rolfe, who was originally, um, fascinatingly enough, a biochemist for Rockefeller. Oh, wow. Like in the 1940s, 1950s. And then um, she just, like, as a distraction of wanting to sort out people's structures, she got a little bit involved in... Um, what's like that spiritual teacher from that time, Guru Jeff. So there were some big philosophical spiritual forces happening now or then in, in conversation that kind of dovetail into the 1960s. You know what happened in the 1960s? We've got like the whole hippie movement, Mm -hmm. but before the hippie movement of like major counterculture, there was a lower, like a less known movement, which was a consciousness movement, which was really an integration of and an exploration of Eastern concepts to the Western world, Eastern philosophical concepts of psyche and self, and what is whole, what it means to be whole. Which, again, yoga. This is the same lineage that yoga really like f- fled into the country with. That said, Rolfing is not super woo woo unless your Rolfer is super woo woo um, with you, and that's what you're looking for. Right. You know, um, I did go to school in Boulder for it. it. Took me about two years to get through the whole program. And, um, and I have to do continuing ed and I have mentors and it's a, it's a beautiful nerdy, Mm -hmm. I mean, oh God, I just love it. Um, process, but people come to me in this office and I have them walk in their underwear. I've done it. Yep. Back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. I ask them what they're feeling in their body. We talk about it. Um, and then you usually go through a series and the formal series is called a 10 series or the recipe sometimes is what it's called. Um, and we go little bit by little bit through different areas of the body to loosen fascia, depending on where the restrictions Tell are. Tell our listeners
0: what fascia is. So fascia
1: case. is a an intelligent tissue. It's considered an organ now by... Um, like the powers that be in Western medicine decided just a few years ago, fascia is its own organ in the body, but it's not like a, it's not like a stomach or something like that. It's this webbing that's just under your skin, but that penetrates like a webbed network all the way through your body, your entire body, all the way down to your cells. And it has different forms of texture. So right under the skin, like when you go to bed at night, you have fascia that's right under your skin that actually will, t- will like kind of get fuzzy and Mm -hmm. gets stuck on itself. And then when you wake up in the morning, you know how when you stretch in your bed and you're like that, it's like, it feels really good to stretch. You're actually tugging on that fascia and you're sort of liquefying it and warming it up and getting it to, you're kind of juicing it and getting it to move again. So there's this liquidy quality to it when you're moving. Got it. Um, But then there's deeper, more investing fascia that wraps muscle. And what fascia does is it responds to gravity and the nervous system and repetitive patterns. So... If you do something in your body over and over and over again, your fascia is smart enough to perceive that repetition. Like, and, it, and it goes, goes uh huh, and it goes, let me help you with that. And it's like shrink wrap. Yeah. And it will make the movement more efficient. But if the pattern is not aligned in gravity in a way that your body is designed to work well, mm-hmm. i.e., you sit at a computer, you look at a phone, you sit in a car, you sit on a plane, pretty much any sitting, you know, where you're in hyperflexion, where your butt's tucked under, much like mine is right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> the egg chairs make me not yeah, be able to sit up These are terrible. terrible. <laughs> um, but it, all of that sitting and, um, and many other things that we do in our lives and ways that we think about ourselves. You know, if you're really tall at 10 years old as mm-hmm. a girl or you got really big boobs... Mm -hmm. or you don't, or you're short and you're chunky, all kinds of ways that our bodies are different and we are having all of this anxiety and moving through the world, we would hold our bodies in postures to hide, Mm -hmm. to diminish, or to make ourselves feel bigger so that we don't seem scared because deep down we are. There's all kinds of ways that we are expressing. And the fascia says, oh, we're going to stand like this? Let me help you. Okay. And then suddenly, you know, you're 30 or you're 40, Or you're 25. I mean, it doesn't matter. I started getting rolfed in my early 20s. Um, But you can't like get out of your own way and you can't figure out why. Mm -hmm. Some of it's that your patterns of fascia and your neuromuscular patterns are locked into a connection to who you think you are or who you were that you no longer are, and you can't quite push past it because your body's holding that memory. And I, when we say, like, the, the issues are in the tissues, it's not always that, like, like your sadness is in your bicep. It's more like, what did you do with your body when you were sad for so long? Yeah. Well, your body holds
0: that. You should me cry. What is true? I know it's so. But you say it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> You're so smart, Kelly Jean. <laughs> oh man! Um, but I'll, it's so f- fucking true. It's so true. It's so
1: true. So true. So Ashley Bell, who's another good friend of ours, who's another really great yoga teacher in the city. Um, you know, you we, you know her really well. Um, she has done a ten series with me fairly recently. And I was complaining. I was like, man, your structure is so good. Like, I just tap it. It goes back into place. And like, I feel like I'm not fixing you enough. And she's like, but you know that I'm processing my emotions completely differently by working with you consistently. And I'm like, I do know that. Mm-hmm. I do know that. Mm-hmm. Yes, I do. Yeah, <laughs> that, is, <laughs> that is part of the deal. Um, you know what? I had this client the other day who is a, a middle-aged man, has kind of a hard, stressful job and kids and is lovely. And he stood up after a session. We're probably on a fifth session now. And I asked him to do this small visualization. And he, when he opened his eyes, because I closed my eyes while I was talking to him so as not to make him feel awkward. We were just kind of doing it together. I opened my eyes. He opens his eyes. And his tears are just rolling down his face. And I was like, oh, tell me what you're feeling. And he said, I haven't. Now I'm going to cry. I'm going to cry. (laughs) I haven't um, been in my body like this in such a long time. And... I haven't been a friend, like, I haven't been in a relationship with my body in such a long time, and I was like, well, you know, welcome
0: home. Yeah. And it's so, I mean, it's so important. It's so, it really, um, it's so important. I think because, like, we were joking earlier, like, so much of the work we do is, like, push, 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 and yes, it's bringing things up, but I, I think you and I kind of spoke to, about this just in conversation and friendship, but it's like, so we have people, like, moving and bringing all this stuff up, but then I feel like, What now what? So now, okay, so now I see it, I'm holding it in my hands, but now what do I do with it? Right. So here's, and that's why I feel like what you do is such a compliment to what we do
1: here. Yes. And it is. And I am not a proponent. You know, when I had to fight opinions constantly in the yoga world as I was transitioning from teaching the way that I used to teach to who, how I teach now, I felt like I was having to argue with people or convince them mm-hmm. of why. And it turned into kind of this animosity towards anything very athletic, which isn't the case. Right. I do aerial, I climb ropes and hang from silks and beat myself up every single week. I go to the gym, I lift heavy weights. Yep. I, I'm not much of a, a cardio person. Like that's true. I like makes me want to barf. I'm like no, I'm not a fan. It's fine. Um, I like. It. Neither
0: is Lindsay, guys. Yeah. No, I don't. Love I'll it. tell you that story offline. I don't
1: want it. Am going to take child's pose again?
0: Um, I almost killed her, but I she's a, she's okay.
1: You know, she's going to live through it. She's still here. Um, what was my point, dude? Oh, just that at that time where it felt like competition. Yeah. I became I became a little bitter because I was tired of defending, and now the joy is that I can be very honest about the benefit of all of it, mm-hmm. and I can just know my place and my skill set. Totally. You know, and I've and I've learned how to use the words well enough to to convince people efficiently. Yeah. You know, before I was like, oh, but yoga, but yoga is, but yoga needs to be, yep. but it has to be. And now I'm like,
0: this is what I do. Totally. And this is an element of it. And I think what, I hope our listeners like hear that, because I think it's so important because that I, I feel like and maybe it's that we've grown up a little but I do feel like and I do maybe feel like there's a shift a little bit but I mean it's like it so many of the the industry it was just so toxic. Yeah. It was just like this isn't it or this is it or I don't like her style. And mm-hmm. I'm like you know and now I'm like, you know, if this isn't for you, no worries. Right. Like, no worries.
1: And it's and it's okay for us to sit around and discuss like the, you know, if I came to take a class here, I'm and you asked for my feedback, I might say, Yeah, well, this I would wonder about this one thing. And you might do the same with me. And we would be okay to discuss that, to talk Upsholy. a about the whys and the hows and to be efficient and useful and purposeful. Yep. And all of that. I think there's room for us to have discussion and debate around the whys of any system. Yep. But not this like fear-based dogmatic because really it's all about like being afraid that what we're doing is not good enough Mm -hmm. it's just why we're all shitty to each other Mm -hmm. um you know yeah so i I don't want to be i'm not saying that we can't be discerning we can absolutely discuss and be discerning but we can also do that in a way where like it doesn't diminish the other person absolutely it's absolutely doable yeah Ask politicians.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm just kidding. I know. <laughs>
1: <I'm> like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, um, but you know the, ter- So this language that I use in Sarayana, which is you asked me a long time ago what my style of yoga is. Um, not that the world needed another style of yoga, but I I got frustrated with the fact that my students, I would teach them to teach, and then they'd go off into the world and they'd call me from like wherever it was in the world they were teaching, and they'd be like, hey. When we call this Mindful Vinyasa, people are like, why are you asking us to bend our knees? Why are you asking us to move our hands like this? Why are we doing this? Why? What is this? What's right. What they wanted a name so that they, cause like a name gives permission. Mm. So eventually I was like, I'm going to put a name on it so that they have something to call it when people call them out on the weird shit that I taught yeah. them to
0: do. Yeah.
1: Um, but Sarayana is, uh. Broken up into really not a style of movement, but more a way of seeing and contextualizing the practice of yoga in three parts, ground, center, and sky as sort of three basic types of movement. And then also ground, center, and sky in every element of movement. You're always looking for those three aspects in an embodied practice. So your connection to the ground, your connection to center, and the way that you radiate out. And all that is, is really a bastardized version of (laughs) Anasara. You're welcome. Yeah. Uh, I mean, not all that it is. It yeah. comes from things stuff, too, and, like, the terms I use. And there's some Chinese medicine concepts thrown in, some Taoist philosophy thrown in. I'm not going to give you the whole spiel. But um, what is,
0: like, um, just for because people are such visual, yeah. I mean, I'm a visual, what does, like, n- not, like, a whole 60-minute, 75-90-minute practice, whatever, but give us, like, a kind of, like, a little guide. Yeah. Like cause- I
1: often, like, the practice that I teach that is, like, the two versions that I teach that are the most popular are what we would call a yin vinyasa, which lots of people do vin to yin, but I always did it the other way around. So we start in a yin practice. My yin is very specific to me too though. I'll use extra props. Sometimes we use isometrics. I wanna put people in very particular alignment in their yin poses, which isn't actually very yin. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll prop them until the balance in their body is good and then they stay. Okay. So we're loading the joints appropriately. Um, working with small, so we're going to start on the ground, low to the ground. We're going to do things to load and, um, work with joints and fascia first. We're going to let our awareness build. So we're going to come into the body, Mm -hmm. build the awareness, create more adaptability. And then we're going to start to connect more to the core. And then we're going to move into standing poses, um, and, and the there may be elements of flow. It will feel from the arc perspective still like vinyasa. It's just typically slower, less poses, mm-hmm. held longer, micro movements, yep. breath work within the poses. Um, when I know my students, I'm pretty handsy. <laughs> when I don't, I'm not. Yeah. Uh, but I do uh, like to give a lot of feedback with my hands, which doesn't mean I push people into postures with my hands because I don't, don't really do that. I'm more like touch something and ask them to push into me and then lift something else. So I do a lot of like indirect work. Uh, and then we're going to get back down onto the ground. And usually what we do in the beginning relates to what we're going to do in standing, relates to where we go in the end. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and the concept of, like the most foundational concept that I would always teach is that the practice of yoga is a tool to work with you. You're not trying to learn to be good at yoga. That's stupid. Yep. You know, yoga is like a fork and a knife and you're going to eat the meal. You're the meal.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: You're the thing you're trying to uncover. Not get good at yoga. Right. That doesn't matter. Right. You know? Yep. So we learn to get better at feeling what we're actually feeling and then clearing what we can. So moving whatever we can move through our system that doesn't need to stay lingering in there. Mm -hmm. We're going to clear it. We feel what we feel, clear what we can, and then organize what's left. Yep. Put that shit back together the best you can and then move on with your life. hmm You know? Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I mean, that's... And you, in Rolfing, we would say hydrate, differentiate, integrate, but it's the same idea. Yeah. No, <laughs> you
0: know? I agree. Yeah. It's and a- it's not different than what everyone else is doing. It's just a way. Right. And, it, and it, it's... I don't want to say it looks different, but it's just... Yeah. It's and a it's different... It's slower. It's quiet. I don't play music. But, you know, the thing is, it's like people are like, oh, that's so easy. It's like that kicks my ass. Oh, it's not and easy. And like I'm not talking about just physically, but I'm talking like mentally yeah. and emotionally. To be asked to concentrate, and
1: especially if you have me as your teacher where I'm going to call you out when I see you fidgeting, when I see you getting <laughs> distracted, when I notice that you're like not yeah. in, your, in your body, I'm going to use cues and or use my hands and or call your name. Mm-hmm. Hey, where are you? Yeah. Come back. Yeah. Asking someone to concentrate at that level. I mean, this really is like the gateway drug to formal meditation, like especially yin style practices. And if you've ever tried to meditate, you know, it's not fucking easy. No. It's not easy to be still. It's not easy to feel your feelings. Do you meditate every day? Not anymore. (laughs) I, I did. I've done many, many stints. I keep telling myself it's time. It's any day now. It's what do you feel? Back.
0: What? Okay. So what, like you're going, you've been meditating for three months. And then all of a sudden, just like you get a sick kid or something just throws yeah. you off. You just and come then it, back to it when you can. Yeah. You just start again. What do you, how do you, so give our listeners some, our, by our listeners, I mean me, give us some, like <laughs> begin, some beginner <laughs> tips. <laughs> like, um, cause I mean, I've done it too. Like when I've done programming and stuff, mm-hmm. but you know me and everybody listening knows me. Like it's really hard for me to be still. So I'm thinking, sorry, you
1: should never have dead air. Sorry. No, we're good. We're good. We're being still, everybody. <laughs>
0: Practice with us.
1: <laughs> um, supported seat. Unlike the cave I put you in. Definitely <laughs> not this. Definitely not this. I'd say make These it, look you know, so good in theory. <laughs> I would say sit with your hips higher than your knees. It could be crisscross applesauce with pillows under your butt. It could be knees forward, feet back you know, more like virasana style, but with like two or three blocks or pillows under your butt that way. You should have no pain in your knees. Your spine should be neutral. I know this is like people like, I don't know what any of that means. Okay, but so we could show people that. You know what that means since I'm speaking to you. You good? All you have to do is treat the meditative seat like a posture. You know how to do that?
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Set up the pose and then breathe into it and notice what comes up. Set a timer for five minutes. That's it. Okay. It's just the pose of sitting. Yeah. That's it. Oh. That's all you, that's all you have to do. I mean, is there more? Yes. Yes.
0: But it really does boil down to. And that's um, how I, that's the, when I have done it, that's how it was. It was like, start at five minutes at, you know, Adam yeah. minute. I, I, you know, I didn't, I've done mantra meditation, but I think people like overcomplicate it. Like they think they have to have an altar and like, yeah,
1: you don't need any of that. Yeah. Um, you don't need any of that. You just need a, a you just need a space that's somewhat quiet. Um, I would say, don't put relaxing music on. Don't listen to an. I mean, yeah, if you're not going to be able to sit in silence, you can do that. But really, that that yucky period of time where you're learning how to feel what your knees are saying and, and your low back and your breath and all of the noticing your mind go away and then just calling it back to breathing in and breathing out. The very the most simple tools are typically the best. <sighs> Yeah, they're typically the best. They're just not shiny and exciting. But the good news is that like it is free, readily available and in you know a few breaths you're there. Yep. And then everything else that unfolds is there more is there is meditation so beautifully complex. I have an amazing meditation teacher that I've worked with for years and years and years. And he can make it very, very simple or he can lead you through all the nuances of consciousness that evolve over time in long-seated meditation. But look, that's, that's its own thing. Mm-hmm. We're talking about coming back to a practice. It doesn't take long. You know, in my rolfing practice, I'm not sitting a lot right now, but I in my rolfing practice, I'm, I work with any client I have f- from 90 minutes to two hours. Mm-hmm. Every session I give is from 90 minutes to two hours. Mm-hmm. And we do chit-chat a little bit. You and I chit-chatted too much, but I've worked on that since with my mentor. (laughs) I have repaired that problem of mine a little. Got it. Uh, But there should be these large swaths of silence in which I am listening with my hands and working and breathing and watching them breathe. And we're in a quiet room. And I do the sunlight's just coming in from the windows. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in order to connect to fascia in a hip, I have to drop an elbow into it which means I need to know where my feet are, which means I feel my feet and then Mm -hmm. I have to breathe into my back and make sure I can leverage it. So there's this whole embodied dropped in very quiet Mm -hmm. kind of concentration. It doesn't ever get fully
0: transcendent, but, um, it's, it's really, I love it. And I'm so excited to pick, pick it back up. Oh, I am so about getting you on the table. I need it. So like literally I would took a vinyasa class before this and the whole time I was like, I really just want Kelly to put her hands on my neck. <laughs> like, I know I just feel so tight. Yeah. I'm telling a lot of our listeners, you know, not, um, some of most, not most, but a lot of our listeners do come to the studio. Yeah. I'm like, you guys, I'm not trying to sell you on anything. Like this is, it's so different than massage. Oh, it's very And different. I love, and I love a massage. Don't and get me wrong. it's not deep
1: tissue. That's the other thing. People will be like, oh, is it like deep tissue then? And I'm like, no, you know, cause deep tissue, they're using oil. And then they're digging and it's like kind of kind of like fast and hard. And so it like zings you. So your nervous system just goes through the roof. And if you're a sensitive nervous system like I am, deep tissue massage, um, while it might work out some kinks, it makes me feel like a wreck afterwards. Like I am wrecked. Way too much input, way too fast, really intense. No offense to any of my friends who do deep tissue massage. It's very specific to my delicate nervous system. Mm -hmm. Rolfing is also, it can be intense. It does sometimes feel really uncomfortable. It doesn't always. For some people, they just love it the whole time. Other people,
0: you know, we work to their comfort. Like when you worked on my feet that last time. I mean, I fell asleep. Yeah. But like in a weird sleep. Right. Like a delicious, almost like a drug-induced sleep. (laughs) Right.
1: And there is that quality too because, but we're entering the tissue in a way where it's not glidey. It's not fast. It's more like pressing down and then diagonalizing the contact. Mm -hmm. So it feels like a pressure and a tug Mm -hmm. in your tissue. Mm -hmm. And then we wait. It's a lot of like sitting there on it yeah, waiting. And so it has a different feeling. It evokes a different feeling in the body and in the nervous system, um, The overall quality is different than massage and it's cumulative. So doing it once is okay, Mm -hmm. but doing it consistently over time, like in the 10 series, in the 10 series. uh, And then also considering that if we make small changes in the fascia that wraps your patterns, what you feel stepping off the table and even what you feel a few months later is not the only thing that's happening. If we make room for you to make slightly different choices within gravity, and Mm. you keep making those slightly different choices in a year, your fascial network is completely different. Wow! So you have you know people don't have that sense of the. I wish my dad would do this so badly. But it really, really, and I have clients now that I mean I'm always shocked. I'm like, really? We're just going to keep going, okay? And they just they just come every two weeks religiously.
0: Why not? I mean, your body, like how you feel physically, is so driven how you how you interact in the world right
1: you know like think about it if you have a chiropractor and a therapist and a or an acupuncture you know all these things that we think of as like things that we're going to do consistently and maybe sometimes we do more of it and sometimes we do a little less of it but we have these support structures in our lives to help work with our systems um to me rolfing like you don't just get rolfed one time you have a rolfer yeah And you can do the 10 series, and then you go to, like, you might take six months off, and then you come back once every three months for a tune-up, right? you know, unless
0: you get in an accident or you have something massive going on, and then you come back for more. Yep. Um, And that's kind of how it works. What do do you, like, most people that come that do it, like, what do they, and I know everyone's different, but, like... You know, what's your usually like feedback at the end? Like people say it ranges. I have had very frankly, um, just like when we talk about yoga, how some
1: people just don't get it. Mm-hmm. I've had people that I like loved working on, but their system and my system didn't really jive. And even, oh, I had this guy recently. He could have really used the work. He only came twice and both sessions were really spread out cause he had to reschedule and, um, he could really have used the work. But he was a super math brain. He wanted to know what I was doing the entire time, <laughs> but not from a felt experience. He wanted specific, like, well, why are you doing that? Why are you doing that? And I'm like, could, we, could you just feel? Mm-hmm. Can you just hold on a second? Mm-hmm. And then he got off, up, off the table, and I saw a difference. And he was like, I feel fine. And I'm like, okay. I don't really feel any different. I feel where you worked, but I don't feel different. I was like, okay, well, let's just give it some time. You know, Rome wasn't built in a day. Right. But also don't let me upsell you. I don't really, I'm not really, I'm invested in doing this with you if you want to. And I and totally. if you don't, it's totally okay. Yes. I'm, not, I'm not it. trying Everything to sell. I, do. yeah. I don't want to sell anything that's to someone that they don't want. Same. Yuck. Yep. Feels very yucky. Yep. <laughs> but um, I I just was really sad that, he just didn't really get it. It always bums me out when I like, I know it would help and they just did their system or their sense of the change isn't enough. But the converse opposite of that is I have a full practice mm-hmm. of people that do get it. Yep. Who get off the table and say, I feel, wow, I feel really different. I feel lighter. I feel more grounded. I feel space from top to bottom. I, um, can communicate with my husband more. I'm leaving my husband. That's not a selling point <laughs> yeah. and not everyone leaves their husband. But just like people make big changes right. because of small changes. Yep. Um, so as little as like you fixed my neck or my shoulder, which P.S. I don't fix things and I'm not a PT and I'm not a doctor. Yep. I make space and then we explore the space we've made in the hopes that a lot of shit will take care of itself. Mm-hmm. I try not to, to describe my work as fix-it work, though sometimes it does... It does work that way. Yep. I honestly don't always know what I did to make it work because it's not as mathematical, at least from for me, as a PT would treat it. Right. You know, um, does that answer your question? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of variation. Some people come and they just want me to fix their knee. And some people come and they're like coming home to their bodies. And some people come and they are like Ashley, who's like got all these body practices going but she needs like to move her energetics and her emotional
0: stuff through her body, and it helps you with that too. Yeah, because the fascia is connected to the nervous system, right? No, I, I, I totally. I mean, not that you're trying to sell me, but I'm sold. <laughs> I mean, because I was. I mean, you already paid for it. We just—that's true. We just got to do it. We <laughs> owe you now. Um, but I think that you know, I remember when we lost Grace, and I was doing like traditional speaking therapy, which I'm huge. If it works, great. And then I started doing acupuncture with this woman, and. Um, I ended up, because it was like spending money on one or the other, and it was so nurturing and healing for me because I am such a body person Mm -hmm. that it was, that for me was where it was at. If people don't know the things
1: that are going on with them, cognitive therapy is very useful. And actually talking through it in general can be very useful. In conjunction with embodied practices you see huge transformation and then if you throw in really skillful use of all kinds of hallucinogenic i mean there's so much mm-hmm. now i'm not a, i'm not saying people need to go and do well that was our podcast last right. week <laughs> um, but you might you
0: might need to um are you or f- want do you want, do you want what? to talk about that or um I, listen <laughs> i don't want to make you i don't want to put you on the
1: spot i'm a big fan of uh microdosing yeah it's a very manageable process um, the big deep dive stuff, I think, can be done really, really well when it's in the context of you having done prep work, and you're going to have follow up work and integration work. When it is just like out of nowhere, like when I would meet, even in the yoga world, when I'd meet people who are like, my friends would be like, "Hey, I've decided to go do a 10 day silent retreat," and I'm like, "Well, wh- how much meditation do you do?" And they're like, "None." And I'm like, "Well, wow, good freaking luck. Yeah, that's a terrible idea." Yeah. Um, but you know. Me personally, I have held back. Now, I did a lot of
0: hallucinogens. Mm -hmm. Same, but (laughs) (laughs) Uh, not with the intention to heal. Today's episode is brought to you by The Daily. The Daily is an awesome coffee shop right near us on King Street. They have great options post-ride, like their Power Protein Smoothie or Seasonal Coconut Yogurt Bowl. Tons and tons of veggie and vegan options. Their Winter Harvest Bowl is the bomb. My favorite go-to order there is the avocado toast with the eggs and their baked sourdough. It is totally out of this world. They are female-led and carry great Charleston female-led brands on their shelves, which is great because I can get pantry items for my kids. Also stock up at the studio really easy, really fast. We're offering 10% off the works listeners um, for February and March. So mention that when you check out and you'll get 10% off your whole order. I think that, you know, I'm not shy to talk about this kind of stuff at all because I, I I'm all about, I, I'm, I'm believing in exploring things that are for our health. Right. Like we said, like I used to rage too. I get it. Like my body, my nervous system can't handle that anymore. Yeah. No. Like I would end up in a hospital. Well,
1: so this <laughs> is my fear is, um, I do carry still, uh, a lot of trauma and I have worked through it cognitively but it is still in my nervous system pretty strongly. Yep. I know that there are some memories that I have not f- fully experienced that are kind of just in there from yep. my early childhood, maybe pre-cognitive, mm-hmm. not precognitive, but like pre-verbal stuff, plus a, just a whole lot of uh, complexity that I, I, listen, I have an eight-year-old son and I'm pretty much single mom in it. Mm-hmm. I have figured out how to manage this train wreck to keep it, keep the train on the tracks, stay pretty well, stay pretty whole. I know there's still work. I know some of it's unresolved. I think that probably that is a path that I would look to when I'm a little bit older, but right now I'm afraid if we take that lid off of Pandora's box, mm-hmm. I just don't know that we can put all the bad fairies <laughs> back in or if they're going to go away or if they're going to linger. Like I'm just, I'm just scared. Yeah, I get it. That I, I, Cause some people, that happens to. Well, I was on... there's an undoing before an integrating and a redo. Absolutely, and
0: it just feels like a, a risk I'm not willing to take today. I get it. I get it. This is what I was saying on the podcast last week with Mark. Is he was explaining it, and I get it. And it's I. But I have a lot of trauma as well, and I'm like, I'm really, I'm scared. You know, and that's, and that's okay. That's where I am right now. Like that is not something that is not an adventure. I don't think I'm willing to step into today. Um, but if it works for someone else, you know, their whole thing is that they do a lot with heroin addiction and stuff like that. Right. And if it works, I'm all for it. Listen, most
1: people who go that route, who have a lot of trauma, who are willing to go through that dark night of the soul are willing because life has become untenable as it is. And mine has not.
0: Right. You're still, you're doing good, girl. I'm okay. Yeah, you're doing I'm really kinda good. I'm okay.
1: I'm not great all the time. Well, who you is? Know, but, um, they're lying. They're lying. Yeah. <laughs> Don't believe them. Yeah. But I have so many good friends now and people in my life and so much overlap in this field, specifically iboga and um, ayahuasca.
0: hmm
1: that, and I was very turned my nose up at it for years in the yoga world. Cause I was like, God, people just want to like quick fix it. They just want to like have this transcendent experience and quick fix and work their way around the quote unquote low hanging fruit of learning to actually go to bed on time and turn your screens off and like, right. like drink more water and actually have a yoga practice or some sort of mindfulness based practice mm-hmm. that would really serve you or therapy or all these things. But, um, the longer I have gone in, and the more books I have read, and the more time I've spent reflecting on it, and the more people I've seen in the real world using these things skillfully. Yep. You know, I'm willing to say I was a little baby bathwater before about it. Do people still use that saying? I don't even know what baby you mean, either. but I get what oh, you're, where you are. Don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Oh, yes, water. yes, 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 yes. So, like, I, I got was it. Too dismissive. <laughs> and that is often my way, as we might have said before. I'm a little too, I can be a little too dismissive of other people's stuff a little too soon sometimes until I really get it for myself. And then I'm like, Oh, Oh, Oh yeah. 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 I was was maybe wrong.
0: Right. And I think that's all, that's part of the, the mindfulness practice as well. You know, just being open to the possibility of maybe something does look a little bit different than what you're going to get if you go to the hospital or the doctor or whatever it is. And it's like, also we look around and I know we're, I don't even know what time it is. Okay. We're doing okay. But, um, (laughs) I you know I was taught at a retreat this morning for a group a lot of therapists psychiatrists um, they were all in like the wellness realm and I was just talking about how my business in the past two years has really never been busier and mm-hmm. I think it's because after the pandemic like the mental health crisis has gone through the fucking roof yeah and people want people are and I I mean I take Lexapro so I'm not poo pooing on anybody's antidepressants however I know if I just did that it would not, I, I need a combination of different mm-hmm. resources to mm-hmm. make this, like you said, this train stay on the tracks. Right. And so maybe you reach for your Lexapro or maybe you're like, I'm going to microdose or, you know, whatever it is. And I am I think if it's done in a way that's productive and I don't know if responsible is the right word, but if it's done in a way to better yourself and not to just like, like, you know, eliminate everything in your life, then I'm all for it. Yeah. Quote me on it.
1: Yeah. I, I think it's specific to the person. I get concerned with the way things are sold and marketed to people, the language around it. Like this idea of the quick fix can be problematic for me, but these systems are pretty ancient and these processes Mm -hmm. and rituals and, um, and there's some pretty good data now from the world of science,
0: yeah, that are backing the stuff up. Totally. So, and that's what Mark was talking about. He's a, he's Canadian, and it's more I, I believe, and I could be totally wrong, but I think it it's it, it you can get it by prescription there. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it's like the lineage is like in Africa, and he was telling. Right. Us well, so Iboga
1: has a you can get ibogaine and use that to treat heroin specifically instead of doing the the ceremonies. Okay, they, they have there's different different access points. Did you watch that
0: movie dosed? No, you have to watch it. It's with Mark and this girl. Um, I think her name's Adrienne, but she was a really, really strong heroin addict. Right. And, and I, I, you know, I, I only say this for, to our listeners, I'm not saying this in a, a way to make anyone like it when I, I, maybe when I was really young, I used to think like people that did drugs, like looked a certain way, right. Or lived a certain way. And she's this suburban girl, like, beautiful girl looks like, you know, looks like you or me or Lindsay or anybody. And, and because I think we have this idea that like to be so far into drugs, like you have to be like a fucking criminal or whatever. Right. And so they put her, I don't know if they chose her specifically for this, but Mark took her through all the different things and she had tried everything. I mean, she was taking like morphine to try to come off of it. Right. And she's been, I think he said, she's been sober now for four years, which is wild.
1: Yeah. People, people do, they have that experience with these particular healing modalities uh, and it's just getting more and more and more cred. Just, um, you know, make sure you do, if you're interested in this, do your research, reach out to the right people, get support, ask. Heck, you, you can email me. I'm not gonna tell you where to go specifically, but I can tell you who to talk to and they can tell you where to go. Right. There are really well established uh, forerunners in this, there are really well, well established programs and places to go. Just doing it in your backyard with your friend looking out for you is not gonna be particularly <laughs> effective. Um, especially if your
0: friend is on it as well. Correct. Might be a, might just be a bad idea correct. recipe.
1: Mm-hmm. That was one of the great ways that I handled my drugs when I was young was I always w- did caregiving for everyone else, but I was on them still, but it was the way I managed
0: my own like freak out was to manage everyone else's freak out. <laughs> it was this great codependent <laughs> thing, you know, I think that, and that's, um, even I've talked about this offline, but that codependency has chased you around for a while in your life. Yeah. yeah well, and I thought, real cute. I thought I kind of
1: had it under control. And then, um, like the 10 year relationship that I just left about a year and a half ago, finally for, for quits for good. Um, man, it was, it was a rude awakening to realize that I like this. I I had this part-time job when I was visiting my brother when I was 19, a summer after in between college, I went to Massachusetts and Got a job like filing stuff at a counseling center. It was called Duxbury Counseling. It was Mm -hmm. in Massachusetts, out in the country. And um, God, it was exhausting. It was like real files, actual files. (laughs) Back in the day. Paper being put into files in a file cabinet down in the basement. I did read some people's stuff. I hate to say (laughs) that, but I did. It was... I mean, I didn't know them. I didn't have a phone. I didn't take pictures of it or anything, tell anyone about it. But it was interesting. Anyways, when I was there, I would always have lunch breaks with all the therapists. By the time I was going home, a therapist handed me Codependent No More, which is a really famous book by Melody Beatty. And this was when I was 19. And I thought I had handled. And then like two years ago, my really good friend who's a PA was listening to me talk about my relationship and she was like, have you ever heard of this book? And I was like, Oh
0: damn it. (laughs) Here we are again.
1: (sighs) Yes. I have heard of it.
0: In fact, let me just download it on audible again. But I mean, you know, I, I don't want to say like things chase us, but I mean, I've, I've played out the same story in my life several times over and over again. That hero's journey. We do until we're until we're
1: clear enough to resolve it. Uh, we do until we're clear enough to resolve it. Yep. And there may also always be elements of it. There it may be a tendency that we can fall into or that we can work around with awareness. Mm-hmm. You know, this idea that we need to like heal to the place where we are unassailable. I mean, we're all you're already whole. You're not broken. Mm-hmm. Your trauma is not broken. You. If you, oh, if you take it to your grave, you didn't die broken. right? You, yeah. can't, you can't not be, you are already complete. Like that's period, no more discussion around it. I tell Owen all the time, it's my son, you know, just, I'll just pull him aside and go, hey, buddy, guess what? No matter what you ever do or don't do, you're already enough.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now do your homework. Right. Because <laughs> <laughs> I want you to like also be able to afford a good therapist because I'm going to screw you up. But, oh, yeah. But, you know. But also you're already good. You know, we're all already good. This idea like I need to be on my healing journey and I need to heal and I got to heal and I got to heal and I got to heal. And I'm like, yes, great. Always reflect, but also know that you don't have to. You're already okay. Yeah. Like it's the living that's hard. Right. But you're good. Right. Like bears don't really worry about it. They just, you know, live, live, they just just, eat people. They just, they (laughs) just deal with their trauma in other ways. I was going (laughs) to say like, get honey and lick their butts. I have a different view on bears. Have you ever seen the grizzly man documentary? No. The guy that,
0: (gasps) Oh, but I can watch it. You should watch it. Okay. I know you, you would like it. Grizzly man. Oh my God. (laughs) Have you? Oh Lord. You've seen it. Would I like it? Lindsay's over there not talking as usual, just nodding her head and giggling. Um, okay, Kelly, so we could go on forever, but I want for people to know where to find you mm. to get Rolfed or yeah. to ask you about psychedelics or wherever. Yes. So tell us your Instagram handle. Yep. It's, uh, Kelly Jean loves you. And then do you have a website? I do, but it's in,
1: it's in the works. Okay. The works. We're in the <laughs> works. It's in the, geez. strike that, strike that <laughs> moving forward. Um, it is in the process of being redone. And I um, actually have to text her in just a second and be like, hey, babe, where's that at? So I can't give it to you right now because okay. it's pulled down, unfortunately. No but worries. It will be back up and I'll put it
0: on Instagram. will put it on Instagram. Okay. Yeah. And then do you have it like an email? Email
1: Kelly, K E L L Y, at, it's still my old yoga studio one, Kelly at missionyoga.com. Awesome. And even though there's no mission yoga, there's,
0: there's always still mission in, yoga. It lives inside of you. Correct. Yes. Um, so thank you for coming today. You. you guys, I, I'm, I cannot stress this enough. If you are looking for something different for your body, go see Kelly Jean. The Rolfing really is incredible and it's so different and it's just, it's, it's good. And she's lovely. If you don't know her, she's a, she's a treat. So, um, thank you as always for listening. Please share this with your friends, rate us, review us, throw us some stars. Cause we'd love to keep doing the show. See you next week.